Hey, Viking fans, I think we got a big star starting to shine at camp. That and other news we're going to talk about next. Welcome to Minnesota Sports Talk. I'm your host, Dave. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, at SkullWorld. Now, click subscribe, click like, leave a comment. You'll enter my contest. I have the uh, rules in the description below. Take a look. We're trying to give away up to $100. We're almost to 50 so let's do it. Let's get me more subscribers. If I get to 1000 and give out $100 worth of merchandise to a website of your choice. Hopefully, you choose Vikings gear. Now, let's let's talk next about who the biggest biggest star camp is so far. I know it's only been 2 days, but someone's been making waves. A lot of good things are being talked about him. But before I do that, I'll I'll bring him up here when I, he gets mentioned, but I'm going to talk about a story uh Will Raggett's uh Sports Illustrated doing his saying at camp uh, Thursday's practice was the final session at TCL Performance Center without fans for the rest of camp. After the practice at U.S. Bank Stadium on Friday, fans will be welcome to Egan for the first time on Saturday. On Monday, the pads will come on for the first 11, uh, first 11 times. Now, one of the things... Oh, yeah, here's some uh, updates. There's nothing new to report on the injury front. Jordan Hicks missed practice again with non-COVID illness which uh, head coach Kevin O'Connell described as day-to-day. I heard that uh, interview. Nate Harrison is also day-to-day with an ankle issue and it landed him on the non-football injury list. Still no report on how that happened. Seems like his ankle started hurting, apparently. O'Connell expects him to be back shortly, but said there is no need to push him too early and turn a short-term setback into a longer-term deal. Good idea, good idea. Now, Daniil Hunter shows out. Uh, he reports not exactly major news when a star player looks good in training camp, but in Hunter's case, it's worth noting after missing the final nine games of the season with a torn pectoral muscle and all the 2020 season with the herniated disc in his neck, Hunter is back to full health and looking like himself. Uh, the Vikings, he's reporting, uh, like to pit their first team offense against their second team defense at times during live reps and vice versa. To give the uh, give the backups opportunities to go against the team's best players, sometimes that creates moments where second string players can step up and turn heads, like boost interceptions of Cousins on Wednesday. Other times, it shows the talent gap between stars and backups. There was two play stretch involving Hunter on Thursday. It fell into a in ladder category. On one play, he burst back. Um, he burst past right tackle Blake Brandle and made a tackle for a loss in the backfield on a handoff, though with no pads, of course. There's no actual tackling. On the next play, he beat the left tackle, Oliudo, with ease for a sack. It almost felt a bit unfair to the second-string tackles. So Hunter's uh, blowing past our backup tackles. Hunter is also disruptive against first-team offensive line later in practice. He said on Wednesday that he feels more loose in the Vikings' new defense, and it should be a lot of fun to see how Ed Donatel deploys Hunter and Zadarius Smith this year. Uh, he's reporting there is a budding practice rivalry developing between a pair of players, both young. Uh, Booth and Smith-Marset were going at it each 
other during both uh, 7 on 7 and 11 on 11. It began in sevens when Booth locked up Smith Marset with some physical coverage, then got his face and got in his face and started yelling, "You don't want to get physical with me." Smith Marset never <laughs> Smith Marset never wanted to back down, responded with plenty of trash talk of his own. So the rookie got in his face, and that's uh who's been my like starter camp so far. Let's put him up there. And that is that is uh Andrew Booth Jr. On one of the very next plays, the ball went towards Smith-Marset again, but Booth had ridden him out of bounds and fell incomplete. A flag flew for pass interference, but that didn't uh, stop Booth from continuing to talk. Later in 11, Smith-Marset went for a deep route up the sideline on a double move against Booth, who played it well. Sean Mannion's pass sailed long, so Booth celebrated with the incomplete pass. Justin Jefferson, thinking there was contact, Picked up one of the officials' flags and threw it in their direction. Uh, so uh, there's a little bit of rivalry going in there. And honestly, it sounds like Booth Jr.'s winning it. Although uh, apparently he's uh, getting penalties called on him. Um, here's a quote from O'Connell. We're in helmets, and one of the things that I loved about him coming out was his willingness to be physical, uh, to be physical tackle. Uh, he said about Booth before Thursday's practice. But what I saw yesterday was a guy who used all those jog-through reps. When you have an injured player like that, you can't take part in full-speed reps. That jog-through portion blanked a lot of reps for Andrew and a lot of other guys. I was great to see some of the reps come to fruition. He made a play, the interception he's referring to. He made a lot of plays where quarterbacks had to say no to their first progression because of where he was, and it was a great start for him. As I did yesterday, I just challenged him to continue to stack that as the installations start to stack up, and we ask you to do more. Um, more can you maintain? Uh, he goes on to say there was no safe feeling to how he was playing. O'Connell added, playing the technique, playing it true, and he's going to get a lot more opportunities against number 18, Justin Jefferson, and we'll see how that goes. Booth did have some reps against Justin Jefferson that did not go so well, including one where he got roasted over the middle for a long touchdown, but for the most part, he's been very impressive. Some of the best moments in real coaching, in my opinion, take place out in in these fields when we have those interactions and then watch a guy improve from rep to rep, he said. A rep that comes to mind yesterday, Amir runs a route early on the first rack of plays, I hear Keenan McArdle talking to him about how he could do it better. And then about 30 to 40 minutes later, a a kind of different concept, but similar out for him. He absolutely nails it. That's just an example of a guy taking one rep, being able to be coachable, and then applying that without having to come and watch the tape, go home and study. Okay, this is what, what I need to do. Coach said this. He was able to do it in real time, and that's the kind of improvement. That's the kind of practices you need. So... That's a lot. Booth Jr. is making waves in camp. Um, SI is talking about it. Uh, I'm going to stop with that article. It, you know, it was mainly, it seems like it was mainly about Andrew Booth Jr., and he just seemed to be uh, turning heads in practice. Let me uh, pull up some quotes here um, of Chris Thomason on, on TikTok. Normally, I would have put it up here, but we got a live show coming. And I didn't have time to put this all together, so I want to read some updates from the from camp. Uh, Chris Thomason, Vikings D coordinator, Ed Donatel said the Harrison Smith, Dalvin Thomason are coaches' dreams with their leadership. 
Uh, he also says Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell said he already had started someone, um, someone on one sessions with Kirk Cousins that will continue through the season. So he's uh, having one-on-one sessions with Kirk Cousins already. Famously, uh, Kirk Cousins finally got Zimmer to meet with him in his fourth year with the Vikings, and of course that season didn't turn out that well. We only won eight games. Um, we got uh, Kevin O'Connell saying the best part about CJ is he can do it all. He's talking about um, CJ Ham, our uh, running back, and I think that's why he kept him. He saw that we had a good football player, and I talked about this before, that he's going to be able to put in plays for this offense with CJ Ham. He, he he runs well on short yardage, uh, not so much last year, honestly. We, I don't know what happened there, but previous years he was a really sure bet on fourth and one. Also, he catches out of the backfield. Now, Sam Ekstrom, uh, Andrew Booth, and Imar Smith-Marset with a little rivalry brewing today. Booth and some words after a couple reps. At one point, committing a DPI penalty, Smith-Marset responded by throwing the uh, flag back towards Booth. Uh, also, he says another competitive matchup has been Adam Thielen versus Cam Dantzler. A couple big breakups, Dantzler, but Thielen's made... Uh, his share of catches also made a sideline grab versus Pat, grab versus Patrick Peterson. So it looks like Thielen's up to speed. That's awesome. Couple other personal notes uh, from today: Troy Die got most of the Jordan Hicks reps with Brian Osamoa mixing in. That's something I didn't expect. I guess uh, maybe Surratt's being looked at as an outside linebacker because I thought he was going to be the first one to play inside after. You know, waiting on Osamoa to come around. But Troy Dye finally getting this opportunity to get some first team reps and it's being looked at. So that's good to see. We, you know, it's in his third year, I think, and, you know, might finally get a chance. Uh, Jesse Davis remains uh, right guard one. Patrick Jones and Zach McLeod got second team outside linebacker reps uh, opposite Wanham. Kellen Mon, again, no Surratt mentioned. Uh, Kellen Mon appeared to work just with threes. Mannions with twos. Uh, so it looks like uh, depth chart still showing Kellen Mond as number two. Hopefully that doesn't change. Hopefully that changes. Uh, here's a here's here's a nice little uh, angle on this. Booth and Smith Marset continue the rivalry. A deep route where Booth keeps in in stride. Mannions ball doesn't get to Smith Marset, who takes a tumble. Jefferson yells that it's a penalty on Booth. Not sure where Jefferson found one, but he throws a flag on the field. Uh, I don't know. Let's see if there's any more quotes here. But uh, just, oh, and here's, uh, here is a stat of the day. We'll end it with this. Uh, Janik Eckhart from Twitter, I like to quote him. Uh, he said, uh, usage of 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers and one tight end. The Rams last year uh, were 84.9%. They were number one by a mile, apparently, from the rest of the league. The Vikings were 29th. Damn near dead last. Vikings 42.5%. It was a big deal made out of how we're bringing a new offense in here. 11 personnel was a big deal. We got one tight end that we were really happy with, even though Munt apparently balled out in practice yesterday, catching two good passes over the middle, um, some, you know, some... Competitive balls, 50-50 balls. So that's good news. 
The league average is 59.2%. Rams are 84.9. Vikings 42.5. That's that's a disparity between an eight uh an an eight win team and a Super Bowl champion, 12 win team uh regular season. We got a ways to go. I think we brought the offense. We got the personnel. We got all the receivers. We got a pretty um good tight end. Uh, hopefully the offensive line comes around because I sure heck think we got the quarterback. That's that's Minnesota Sports Talk. I'm your host, Dave. Follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. Skull World. Let's go. Skull Vikings. See you next time. Oh, and watch our live show. It's on Purple Pocket Podcast. I'm about to jump in in about a half an hour, maybe earlier. Uh, ring the bell. That way you don't miss a show. It's over on Purple Pocket Podcast. Minnesota Sports Talk. Uh, Our live show is called Skull Live. Talk to you soon. See you there.